What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Steel Cat Sports Podcast. We've got some great topics to discuss today. We're going to kick it off with an open discussion on the upset victory of Oregon over Ohio State. I want to know what you guys have to say. Is Oregon for real? Can Ohio State even make the playoffs still? I want to hear what you guys have to say on the topic. What's up, guys? Um, so, Oregon looked really good, in my opinion, that win. Um, it seems like the formula to beat Ohio State is to run the football, which Minnesota did well until uh, their running back got hurt um, two weeks ago. Um, that guy was – I think his name was, like, Ibrahim Moises or something like that. That's the Key and Peele name. Um <laughs> It was something like that. Um, but anyway, it looks like the winning formula against Ohio State is to run the ball. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. They dropped to 11 or 12, They're cut, and they don't have another ranked opponent for the rest of the season. Going to be tough for them, but good win for the Ducks. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more along the lines of Oregon being uh, a solid team and Ohio State really not being as uh, as good of a team as they were or as they once were. Um, in the last five, five or six years. Um, I really think that Oregon's just got a solid offense. Uh, CJ Verdell, um, Anthony Brown, CJ Verdell had, you know, 160 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he looked really good. And then he also had a receiving touchdown. So that was, that was really cool to see. I think he's going to be a really good, uh, really good running back for the ducks uh, this year. And uh, I mean, by the looks of their schedule, I mean, they've got one, They've got one ranked opponent left, and it's UCLA. I mean, that's in five or six weeks. Will they still be ranked then? Who knows? Um, it's UC- Again, it's UCLA. Um, you never know. Um, so, well, And especially we'll watching that game, just the absolute dominance that Oregon basically had the entire game. I think the game was actually a little bit closer than it should have been. I agree. Their their 100%. defense their defense was just on lock for most of the game. They weren't they were they gave up some in the beginning, but as the game progressed, especially in the second half, they were really getting pressure on the quarterback and they really were locking up those receivers. And I also want to just touch just a second on how great Noah Sewell looked at linebacker. Freshman brother of Panay Sewell tackle for the lions i think he's gonna be an absolute monster the rest of this year and the next two years and i think he's gonna get up get drafted really really high in the draft he's probably gonna be the number one linebacker coming out but he's definitely someone early to watch being only a freshman he looks like an absolute beast out there for oregon yeah we were talking about it saturday when we were watching the game we thought he was a sophomore and we were like yeah if he balls out this year next year he'll have a chance to be you know high second round pick but now that we know he's a freshman and he's that good, he's going to have like a Michael Parsons type draft, uh, in my opinion, if he continues to play uh, the way that he did against Ohio State because he was flying all over the place. And he's a, uh, he's a huge guy. Right. He's not, he's not his brother's size. He's not going to play on the line on either side. But to be that fast at linebacker and the fact that he's only a freshman. I was sitting there watching the game and I'm like, oh, man. This guy's going to get drafted probably, you know, back end of the first round, early second. And I'm like, oh, wait, this guy has almost three years left of college football before he's even talked about in draft conversations. He's going to go high, especially his brother already being in the league. They're going to bring up that storyline over and over that entire offseason. We already know. And I think it's going to end up helping his draft stock in the end. 
along with his play on the field. So he he's going to be an absolute beast moving forward. Right. Yeah, and going back to um, going back to Ohio State, <laughs> I mean, and you talk about like how they weren't as good as they once were. I mean, C- C- is it CJ CJ Stroud, right? Um, he, yeah, he's. I mean, he threw the ball fifty four times last game. Um, maybe they just need to do something a little bit differently on offense. I think he threw the ball upwards of twenty or thirty in the first game. Uh, so that's that's a lot better. Um, they just need to. They really need to. I feel like they need to distribute the ball through running backs a little bit more. Um, get some plays down the field with the with the running backs as well. And a lot of that overpassing in that second game we just watched against Oregon, right? Probably due to the fact that they were playing from behind basically the entire game. Mm-hmm. I was literally just about to and bring came, that up, Nick. Right. I was literally just about to bring that up because he threw for like close to 500 yards and they still lost. Like you're. I mean, the fault falls on your defense in that in that situation. Am I right? I mean, at that point, you would have to assume so. I mean, the only time I've seen someone throw for over 500 yards and lose a game was in that 2017 season, 2018 in January, Super Bowl, Eagles-Patriots. Brady had a crazy game, and they came up short because the Eagles' defense was so dominant, and the Patriots' defense couldn't stop the Eagles on offense. So other than that, I mean, I think it, it's partially a defensive problem, but I also think they just – overused their quarterback in that game which leads me to another quarterback that was definitely overused this week can we talk about Trevor Lawrence a little bit I am sad yeah I mean he had he had moment like he had like he like we talked about earlier this week he had really good moments um and then he had some some not so good moments uh some overthrows and things like that and a lot of that you could probably attribute to it's him being his first start you know what I mean he's probably gonna settle in um I wouldn't hit the panic button if I were Jags fans you know right now um so obviously give him I would give him the season um but you know we'll see we'll see I mean he's a rookie he's gonna make rookie mistakes exactly but I'm very optimistic with him after seeing that deep ball threat it is Mm. I haven't seen a deep ball threat like this in Jacksonville since like David Garrard it looks so good. That throw he had to DJ Chark in the third or fourth quarter that scored a touchdown was amazing. But he's got to settle. I mean, like Peyton said, you give him the season. But he's got to try and settle in um, 336 on 28 completions, three touchdowns. Two of those picks, I only throw on him. There was one that was kind of eh. Um, but two of the picks that he threw – we're just him trying to do was just him trying to do too much like i'm sure urban's gonna tell him like hey man like just take what the defense gives you you know um just go out there and play take what the defense gives you yeah because there was one play i believe it was his third interception later in the game and he tried to go over the deep deep over the middle just a little too you know risky of a pass especially for it being later in the game I think he was just trying to push the ball down the field but he had James Robinson wide open check down I mean it was going to be a first down and he just completely overlooked it because he was trying to do too much but I can't blame him too much I mean being a rookie in his first start and he doesn't really know how it feels to lose in the regular season because he's just been so dominant his entire career so I think he's going to respond well and I have a quote from him And I want you to imagine this coming out of Urban Meyer's mouth. But this came out of Trevor Lawrence's mouth. 
about himself. He said, and I quote, I know I'm going to respond well. I'm made of the right stuff, so I don't have any doubt about that, end quote. That like is that. something that a franchise quarterback says. You wouldn't, think, you wouldn't think that comes out of a 21-year-old's mouth. But here yeah. we are talking about our quarterback who didn't have a great performance. I think, he, I think his numbers look a little bit better because of how much they made him throw, which can be attributed a lot to the play calling. They definitely abandoned the run in the second half of that game. But the fact that he's that composed and he can respond after the game that he had, I think shows a lot about his demeanor and his composure. And I think he's going to have a bounce back game. Not that we might win, but I think his overall performance will elevate. And the more he reads defenses and goes out there and just plays and just does what he's been doing for years, it's really going to show throughout the season. No. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, I didn't really like the play calling. We only ran the ball 16 times. And I was going to – yeah, I was going to go back on that. And the fact that, you know, Trevor threw the ball 51 times in the game, like, it's his first game. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, my God. <laughs> 51. Yeah, and Jesus. Trevor, Trevor really... ran once when he was scrambling. And LaVisca Chenault ran one as well, Who and he's not a typical running back. So we only had 14 actual run plays with running backs. Now, granted, I think we had – I don't know, seven or eight million holding calls whenever we had a great run. So there was absolutely no way we were going to get the ground game going if the offensive line isn't going to help him out at all. Dude, I was sitting there <clears throat> literally calling out who was on the hole. Was I not? Oh, absolutely. Every every single time you could there, – there were – I think there were three calls where we're like, you know, that's a hold. But there were two or three calls out there where I'm like – I don't know that that's a ghost call. I think the NFL's just given given the Texans some calls over here because the play calling, along with the refs calls, were not going in our favor that that game. At it was all. literally all Cam and Jawan Taylor. I think there might have been one Brandon Linder one, but after it was, that, it, it was, was the first. The first one was Linder, and then everything else was just on our tackles because they're just turnstiles out there. I don't know what else to say. But, I mean, if you can't block on the edge in the NFL, you're going to be out quicker than you got in. So they need to figure their game out or we're going to have a new left tackle next season because Cam Robinson is playing on a franchise tag. This is a make-or-break season for him, and if he wants some big money, he's not going to get it here if he keeps playing like that. Right. We're not going to be able to establish the run or give Trevor time to throw the ball and with his deep threat that he has if we have horrible tackles. And um, he does have some some rollout capabilities. Obviously, he he can run if he needs to. Early in the game, that pass to Marvin Jones down the sideline when he oh, rolled that was out, beautiful. that was a beautiful. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, I've never seen a Jags quarterback that can throw a ball like that. And then I got the same feeling again in the third or fourth quarter when that uh, DJ Chark touchdown. I was like, man, right. I have not seen that in Jacksonville in my lifetime. Maybe Brunel did it in highlights to Jimmy Smith and Keenan back in the day in the 90s, but I haven't seen that in my time. So the fact that we have that caliber of quarterback and his demeanor as a player and a person off the field, I think we could really go places if we put pieces around him. But that O-line is just killing me. The defense killed me too. I don't know about – like I don't know if you saw the game, Peyton, but – our defense was atrocious. We Sorry. literally let Tyrod yes. Taylor piece us apart. 
Yeah, and yeah. The, the issue with that is that if we've played Deshaun Watson for however many years, what has it been? He was drafted in 17, so it's been a good three or four seasons that we've played against him now. You should know how to play against these mobile quarterbacks, especially being in our division. So playing against Tyrod should be no different. But right. the fact that we can't contain him and then he just scrambles out of nowhere and throws a 50-yard bomb and Brandon Cooks just comes up with it in double coverage, that's absolutely unacceptable, especially with C.J. Henderson and Shaquille Griffin back there with the contract that Shaq got this offseason. I need to see more from those guys on the back end because they did not make nearly enough plays this weekend on the ball whatsoever. Aside from no. Shaq Griffin had one good play on the first drive. It was second and five. And he almost picked it off. Aside from that, I think he got toasted every single play. Dude, CJ Henderson with the tackling is still pissing me off to this day. Like, there was a screenplay where he came, he read it really well. He came up to attack, but his tackling is just so piss poor. It's like it's really bad to watch. Yeah, it was it was one play later in the game, and it was a screen, and it was it went to their tight end. It may have been a checkdown just in the middle of the field. They're tight end number 85, running down the field. You're like, okay, cool. CJ's going to wrap up. You know, we'll go to live, live to play second down. Well, he misses the tackle. That man gets another 10 yards. And I'm like, CJ, I know you're smaller than this guy, but you got to go at him low and you got to make that tackle. If you're going to, if you're going to stay on this team and you're going to play in that secondary, you have to wrap up and make those tackles. And I was not seeing it from anyone on the field this weekend. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, as far as like, I mean, if you're a Jags fan, I mean, which you guys are, if, if you're going, if you're going and looking at this defense, I mean, you're, you're going to be a little concerned, especially when Tyrod Taylor puts up, I mean, how many, how many yards did he put up? Good Lord. I don't even know. Nick, he did like, it was 300 it was plus, up there. I can tell you that. It was up there. Um, and he was yeah. running too. So he definitely contributed to a lot of their offensive yards. Yeah, in that run game, too, with Mark Ingram, I think he had, what, 86 yards, two touchdowns, uh, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked really he, – he looked good, too. I I feel like that was a good move for him. I feel like Houston was a good move for him, too. And um, I just – from from here, I mean, the Broncos come to town uh, this Sunday. I just – I don't know how you guys feel about the Broncos right now. Like, as far as this matchup is concerned, I kind of want to get your takes on that. I'm not as much concerned about the Broncos as I am concerned with our own team. I think there's the whole coaching staff and all the players that we've brought in with the new schemes and everything. They just need to mesh better together. And I don't think it showed fully in the preseason and now actually playing meaningful games in the regular season. The way that they came out, it just did not look like they were a ready NFL team for week one it was absolutely ridiculous it was a disgusting game and I can I can only hope that we can turn something around whether it's the defense or the turnovers or the offensive line with the holding calls get the run game going do something but fix it against the Broncos I hate when players and coaches come out and they talk and say oh we got to do better you know and I'm like no that's bullshit because you can't tell me you're gonna do it I want to see you do it and until I exactly. see that, they haven't earned my trust. We've heard the same shit from every coach since Gus Bradley in Jacksonville. Like, don't tell me. Fucking show me. 
this is it's getting to the point where I'm like, all right, like we we only can go up from here, but um I mean, something's got to change. I, I hope Urban Meyer is going to be the person to say, like, hey, like, we can't do this shit anymore. Like, this has got to stop. Um, but the one thing I'm going to be looking for this weekend for the Jags is Rayshon Jenkins. He really impressed me um, with his play this weekend against the Texans. Um, we got to tighten up. The penalties just got to stop. Like, I understand if there's a few here and there, but – we can't be having like seven penalties for like 80 plus yards. It's, it just kills us. And then you're putting a rookie quarterback in an even worse position with no run game. Like it's just equals disaster. Yeah. You got to build the team around Trevor. You got to give him all the pieces and you need to make change and change that I saw this weekend in a big way. Jameis Winston and the saints over the Packers 38 to three, an absolute thrashing, None of us game played game played in Jacksonville because of the hurricane situation in Louisiana. I want to hear what you guys think about the way that game went on the Packers side and on the Saints side. Yeah, Jameis has a really good team around him. Um, I mean, he had, he he just has such a solid team. He looks really he looks really really good. Uh, little little passing yards. He's like one forty six. He had five touchdowns. Like that's insane. Um, and he only passed the ball 20 times. And, um, I mean, they, they made, they made leaps and bounds from where I thought the saints would be last season to where they are now just looking off of that game. Again, it is only one game. Uh, and there are problems with the Packers in the front office and things like that with Rogers. Um, and supposedly Rogers and, uh, Matt LaFleur kind of in a, in a buddy, buddy. Uh, right now, like they're 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 saying that you know their situation's improving between each other, but you know is that is that the truth? You yeah, I mean know. you can you can never fully know what's going on behind the scenes. That's just you know the name of the game. I mean, I could tell someone I'm having a great day, but in reality, I could be having a terrible day and just putting on a happy face. So I think there's definitely some organizational issues, which for sure plenty have already been shown, and then. All these rumors, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, Paul crewing it from the longest yard. He's just purposely playing bad so he can get traded. I think if he really wanted a deal done, whether he was shipped off to the Broncos or anywhere else, or he just wanted to go host Jeopardy, I think he would have done that by now. But I think he still feels like he has something to prove. And I think that's almost a cover story for the real issue, which is partially internal organization issues. But also they just played a terrible game and I I don't think you can just blame it on oh Aaron doesn't really want to you know go out here and play and he just wants to go somewhere else or retire and go you know host Jeopardy because at the end of the day they lost 38 to 3 and Aaron Rodgers last time I checked doesn't play defense so you know they need to fix more than just Aaron Rodgers not playing well and I mean this shit's been going on with him and the organization for like what three four years now like it's it's getting to the point where I feel like he he let's not be let's let's not beat around the bush here. He as much as I don't like LeBron James, he's a LeBron James in that freaking organization. You know Matt LaFleur is just a figurehead there. And the GM and him are like the two who run the who run the Packers. He if he really wanted to be gone, I feel like he'd be gone at this point. But Exactly. And the thing is is he didn't get drafted out of Cal 
you know, as a diva years ago, sitting behind Favre. He came in as a nice, level-headed guy out of California, wanted to play football. He got to sit behind one of the greatest to ever do it, and then he got his opportunity. But when you don't draft an offensive weapon in the first round for this man in over four years, I'm going to be pissed off too. So I sympathize with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's handling it correctly, but I definitely know where he's coming from in the situation because they're not doing him any favors. Oh, oh, by the way, let's also just trade up into the first round for a quarterback that is extremely unproven in Jordan Love and then make him even more upset as Roger, as in Rodgers. So I don't know what they're doing up there, and they're going to have to figure that out on their own because no one knows what's going on in that organization right now. Yeah, going back to Jameis, too, I feel like that year behind Breeze was such a such a good thing for him, too, uh, coming from Tampa. I, I mean, that Tampa did have a, a, an average team when he left. Um, and you go to the Saints, who are absolutely killer, you know, and Drew Brees, sitting behind Drew Brees, one of the greats uh, for the year, and just seeing, you know, what his processes are and, and how he's developed. So I'm kind of excited to see how Jameis goes and where he goes from here. Obviously that was the first game. Uh, so we've, we've got plenty to see from him and I really hope he doesn't tear us to shreds next week, but we'll see. He's also got a great coach in Sean, uh, Payton, baby. Sean Payton. I mean, he's one of the top five coaches in the league right now. You put him up there with the Andy Reeds and the Belichick's of the league. So if anyone can turn Jameis around and make him, you know, minimize his turnovers and excel his play and really play him to his strengths, I mean, that's going to be the place to do it. If if Sean Payton turns Jameis Winston into a 32-touchdown, six-interception quarterback, you'd rename the Super Bowl trophy after Sean Payton. I mean, he's he's just that guy. He just makes the right calls at the right time. Going all the way back to 2010 in that Super Bowl with that onside kick to start the half, that's the kind of guy he is. He's the gutsy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab the balls of the game. I'm going to make that call that changes the whole game. And he does it, executes, and that's why he's in that top echelon of coaches in the NFL. 100%. Now, moving on to impressive teams – and coaches, I want to hear what you guys think about who is your, I wouldn't say sleeper, but your surprise game of the week. Because there were definitely some shocks in the NFL this week. And honestly, there were so many that I want to hear what you guys have to say. Jake, I'll let you go first, buddy. I'm going to turn some heads here. I'm going to say the Bengals. The Bengals really impressed me. That that's not a bad pick. I think they definitely improved this offseason. Jamar Chase from the preseason to granted one week, one week, but Jamar Chase from preseason to week one, like flipped the switch. Like he, I guess they put a white stripe on the ball for him because he went off. <laughs> T Higgins looked really good. Even Tyler Boyd was getting in on the action. Everyone's just forgotten about him. He's been like their top receiver for the past three, four years, but they looked really good. They beat a Vikings team who I think is is going to compete for the NFC North. Um, they got the run game going. They included Joe Mixon. Like, I think, I think they have something brewing in Cincinnati, but it is only week one, but we'll see what happens. Right, and yeah, and I totally agree, too. The Bengals were up there for me. 
uh, the I mean the number one team for me that game with uh, with the uh, the Eagles and the Falcons. Uh, obviously, last week we all we all picked. We all had the Falcons. We were all like, oh, we were all in on the Falcons. We were like, hey, you know, the Falcons are probably going to beat the Eagles, and and we didn't really know what we were going to expect from Nick Sirianni as a head coach and uh, how Jalen Hurts was going to look. Uh, but he, I mean, he played the part. He he did very well. Uh, 27 to 35, 264, three touchdowns. Uh, he looked solid. Um, the Eagles defense looked really good. And, um, and that one, that that team just genuinely surprised me. Uh, and, and that was in Atlanta too. That That's the crazy part for me too. I was like, wow. Um, and their defense is just God awful. They can't stop anything. <laughs> and Kyle <laughs> Kyle Pitts is not going to help on defense. No, dude, 7.1 fantasy points. And I'm like, this is my sleeper pick of the year. What the fuck? Like, get him the ball, please. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) apparently that's all Atlanta's good for is just playing some offense. So, at least feed your rookie the ball because he's not going to have as big of a learning curve as some of the quarterbacks and other guys that are out here. Obviously, Jamar Chase performed very well. Other receivers, Devontae Smith's first catch, was a touchdown. So you would expect the versatile weapon, number four overall pick, Kyle Pitts, to go out there and perform like he's a number four overall pick. So I wasn't seeing anything from their offense this week. And I definitely like your pick. But with all things aside, for me, based on the upgrade in talent and just the – I'm not sure if I felt like they were going to mesh this season this early – but the Cardinals over the Titans, 38-13, to 13, I mean, that's got to be my sleeper pick for the week. They brought in J.J. Watt. They brought in A.J. Green on offense. Kyler Murray got another year older with all of his experience. Cliff Kingsbury's play calling has got to be working because they absolutely smoked the Titans this week. They wouldn't let Derrick Henry run at all. At one point in that game, he had nine rushes for eight yards, Tannehill just wasn't seeing the field correctly. Julio Jones was taking dumb penalties early on in the game when they were down 10, punching a guy in the face. Their defense has absolutely no pass rush whatsoever. I expected a lot more out of the Titans, and I was not expecting the Cardinals to be this good this early. So the fact that they came out and blew them out by 25 definitely was my sleeper pick of the week. I agree with you, partner. And can we just talk about Chandler Jones and that defense, dude? Five sacks. That man was on Five sacks, two forced fumbles, player of the day on Sunday. I mean. Dude, he – I mean, like, if you were given a team of the week award, I'd probably give it to the Cardinals defense. I mean. Oh, absolutely. They – all those new guys there, like, no Patrick Peterson – they just meshed really quick. Isaiah Simmons in year two with the number change, that definitely played a factor because he, he balled out. To? Yes, he balled out as well. What did he switch to? He's a single digit. I thought he was eleven. He might be eight. I think I think he went from forty eight to like five. Okay, like something something completely random that you wouldn't expect. But I do think it's pretty cool seeing linebackers and safeties and corners out there with single digits. Jalen Ramsey in five. He absolutely balled out on Sunday night. I mean, I mean he played the Bears. Come on. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm a Florida State fan. I love Jalen Ramsey, but the Bears kind of suck. They're kind of in a sticky situation as well. Their defense did not look great. 
And I don't know if it's Stafford just being as good as I think he is or just their defense just regressing heavily. I mean, they definitely lost players in the secondary. And I think Khalil Mack needs to step up because I didn't see anything from him in that game. But the Rams, the Rams were honestly extremely impressive as well, even though that's a team that everyone expects to play well now that Stafford's actually on a team and not, you know, on a dumpster fire anymore in Detroit. So I'd watch out for the Rams in that division. I was talking to a friend last night. You know how many times Matt Stafford has had a thousand yard rusher behind him since he was drafted in 2006? It's either once or none. It's once. Reggie Bush. And he, and he barely cracked a thousand. It was probably like a thousand ten. It was, it was a thousand eight. Yep. There was one year where Carrion Johnson literally only had like 452 yards. And now Matt Stafford's on a team where, I mean, granted they're missing Cam Akers, but they now have Sony Michelle and another solid running back. I think it's Daryl Henderson or something like that. Um, and he's actually got weapons. I mean, he had Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. in Detroit, which, you know, they're solid receivers, but they're not Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, um, who doesn't even play for the Rams. And a lot of that could be the play calling, too. I mean, McVeigh could just be that much better of a play caller than, you know, Jim Caldwell, any of these other guys that have coached the Detroit Lions. But, I mean, the last bad coach he had in Patricia, Matt Patricia, in Detroit was not a great play caller. And then he crawled back to the hole he came from in New England because he just couldn't cut it in the NFL in Detroit. And if you have that talent level of Stafford for a decade plus, and the only weapons you've really ever given him are Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Calvin Johnson over his NFL tenure, you're probably going to have a pretty lackluster offense. So the fact that he has weapons and play calling now, and he's playing in the big, big city, big spotlight LA in that new stadium, I definitely think he's going to succeed this season far and beyond any other season that he's had. I think seriously that he, I think he could be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, I don't know if that's a really bold take in y'all's opinion, but I think he needs. I think he needs a ring for that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like he could be a Hall of Fame quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you can have great numbers, but if if you don't win at least one Super Bowl, you're probably not going to get in as a quarterback. I feel like it's somewhat unfair that they have to be held to that standard to get into the Hall of Fame. But then there's other things that make it easier for them, like QBs winning Rookie of the Year and QBs having it easier to win MVP. So it all balances out, but I definitely think he needs that ring to even sniff a gold jacket. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate for him. Um, But I think if he has, like, you know, a few good years in L.A., it could happen. But it'd kind of be a stretch, but it kind of wouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, is he's got weapons. He's got coaching. He has the pieces around him to succeed where he didn't in Detroit. So I think he's going to have a much better and easier time trying to get to the level that he wants to get at in terms of 
accolades and achievements. But in that in that team in Detroit, I mean, he never had a team that was really able to compete at all, which kind of reminds me of how FSU played this weekend against Jacksonville State because they look like they have no shot to compete, no chance to do anything this season whatsoever. And I want to hear what you guys have to say about how they performed because I know you guys are both very high on FSU in terms of your fandom. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I've just been evaluating this football program for the last three or four years. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say. Um, you know, is this rock bottom now or was this rock bottom, you know, two years ago? I just kind of want to get Jake's take on that. Kind of want to hear what you got to say. Buddy. This is going to be a long segment of me just Love. pouring it out. I want to hear it. Let it all out, baby. Let it all out. So <laughs> after we paid Willie, we have no more money. Right, like we paid Willie Taggart an ungodly amount of money to be literally the shittiest coach in Florida State history. We've gone from Bobby Bowden to Jimbo Fisher and then to Willie Taggart. I just think that after God, dude, after this weekend, I feel like we're worse off than we were with Willie Taggart after like losing to Wake Forest. Um, two years or three years ago. Guess what? Need- You'll see him next week. <laughs> Dude, I need to see something from this freaking staff before October. Like, the money, obviously money is a very big problem for us right now. And we can't afford to just fire Norvell. Although I wish we could because that loss falls on him. I know Adam Fuller made a bonehead call on a Hail Mary play but still dude you're the head coach and the thing that really 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 pissed me the fuck off was him in the press conference when your quarterback Mackenzie Milton is like yeah we can't be patting everyone on the back after this loss you know we got to take it in stride and like work from it and he's in there trying to be all happy go lucky I'm like dude Okay, if we would, if you would have been like that after the loss to Notre Dame, like, yeah, I would be patting those guys on the back too. But we just lost the fucking Jacksonville State. They're not even an FBS football team. It, it, I don't, I don't know where we go from here. I really don't. We had Dante Lucas leave the program, which is addition by subtraction or. If Zane Herring's even going to be good enough to, like, replace him, the freaking penalties, golly. We had, like, 12 penalties for, like, 100-and-something yards. This team just doesn't seem disciplined. They don't seem to care. I don't know if, like, the Notre Dame game got them, like, on a super high or something like that. But it it's just horrible. And then – I was listening to Corey and Aslan today, who do a great podcast over at um, Wake Up War Chant, talking about the quarterbacks, and it sounded like Corey was saying that Jordan Travis needs to be the starting quarterback, which I completely disagree with. He tries to force too much, and they didn't even really give Mackenzie Milton like the keys to the car in that game, because they were trying to use Jordan Travis so much in like one drive, and I'm like, Look, if you're going to put Jordan Travis out there to run the option, you do it once or twice, right? Exactly. But it, it was like every other play, they're bringing him in. 
And, you know, it's fine to have him run a couple plays. And then, you know, once the defense figures out that every time you bring him in, he's going to run, your, your offense goes, okay, let's have him pass a couple times. Well, it seemed like when he went out there and actually tried to pass, he just forced everything, which is not what you want because then you're just going to cause more turnovers. And I think you guys just need to give Milton full reign of the offense. He's had plenty of enough experience, great comeback story, which doesn't make your decision on who you start. Right. But just from what I've seen over these two weeks, I mean, you, you got to go with Milton as your starter. There's no way you can play Travis and be confident in, in his throwing game at all. And another thing I heard was they were like, oh, you know, Jordan Travis had 11 drives against Notre Dame and scored on four of them. And he, Corey Quincy, uh, continued to say that um, – I'm not trying to, like, call out Corey and Aslan by any means. I'm just kind of, like, talking based off what they said. But um, he said that, you know, Mackenzie Milton went, like, 2 of 11 against Jacksonville State. And I was like, dude, like, Keyshawn Helton dropped a pass, which I don't, maybe could have opened the floodgates. Like, we could have blown him out if he would have caught that. We don't know. We'll never know. He dropped that. That's six, seven points right there. You had there was another drop. I don't remember who it was by. Um, it might have been by McLean. He's a freshman still, dude. You're at Florida State. Catch the fucking football. Um, but it's just sad, you know. Like 2013, I feel like at this point we sold our soul to the devil with that national championship. I feel like we're never gonna be good again. Like after I, I can, I can confidently say after watching that Jacksonville State performance I feel like we will never be good again yeah I I, I don't really know too I agree with you buddy I don't I don't know where to go from here we're just gonna have to give it time and hopefully the boosters sooner or later the boosters might get together like they do it seems like it's a it's a recurring thing now because it totally is uh, like the boosters get together and they, you know, kick the guy out. So, um, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm really praying for like good to come out of this because I don't, I don't know about you, Peyton, but I seriously just don't know how much longer I can watch Florida State. Play. I agree. I it's, absolutely agree. It's putrid, dude. Like we're supposed to be this brand in college football i know we're not like we're not winning national championships every year but we're supposed to be like an oregon or a texas like we're a brand of football um i don't know man i just don't know yeah i can't talk about this team anymore yeah yeah let's let's go to pickums uh, the, the exciting and seems to be a favorite segment of the podcast. It's definitely my favorite. We're going to go to this week's pickums. Week two of the NFL season is underway, boys. We've got, we've got the mighty New York football giants against the football team at FedEx Field. The line is three and a half. What do we got? What are we thinking? I mean, this one for me, I saw the Giants' performance this week against the Broncos. I mean, they had two offensive linemen blocking each other. I mean, I think that speaks for it. That, 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 that speaks for itself. Obviously, everything is not bigger in New York, 
or Texas or LA because a lot of their teams did not play well this week whatsoever. Not picking the Giants, even with Fitzpatrick going on IR and Taylor Heineke coming in at quarterback, I'm taking the football team 100%. I mean, their D line is just absolutely ridiculous. So I'm, I'm taking them all day. I got the, I got the football team by the spread. I, I agree with Nick, the, the Giants, like, Everyone's raving about Daniel Jones and Saquon being back. Um, I just don't think that they're going to be good either. Like, they're either going to run Saquon into the ground or not use him enough because they're afraid of his of, of his knee. They're just in, they're in shambles as well. So I'm I'm going Washington by the spread. Washington by the spread. I yeah, I'm going to go Washington by the spread as well. I I just don't see any any optimism for the Giants right now. I mean, Saquon's still kind of coming back. Um, and, and I totally agree for sure. All right. Um, we are going to move on. We got the Bengals at the bears line is Chicago by three. I'm taking the Bengals in this one. Um, I know I'm kind of riding them, (laughs) but, uh, bears, (coughs) bears didn't really impress me, uh, per usual. I think their quarterback situation is just kind of cursed to be honest, But they always seem to have a decent defense, which <clears throat> it's week one. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they'll come back, but I'm taking the Bengals. They looked really good. Uh, like I said, I think they might have something going up there in Cincinnati. For me this week, I'm going to go against you on this one. I'm going to take the Bears, and it's going to be because of the quarterback situation. I think after the week one performance Andy Dalton had and the success that they saw from Justin Fields – at the very least, I believe they're going to incorporate him more. They're playing at home. They are favored by three. I think the Bengals maybe showed up a little too well this week against the Vikings and maybe overperformed for their talent level. Not that they're not talented, but I think with the Bears defense playing at home and Fields being more incorporated in that offense, I'm going to take the Bears. I'm not sure if I'm taking the line, but it's minus three I'll I'll take I'll take it yeah I, I feel like I could almost telegraph what was going to happen in that Bears Rams game I, I I felt like you know Andy Dalton was going to struggle and then Justin Fields was going to come in and save the day for Bears fans you know maybe I mean, even though they lost by 20 uh, you see some positive things from Justin Fields there now, whether or not he plays, honestly, believe it or not, is really just going to depend upon my pick. If that man plays, I feel like there's going to be a lot of optimism at, so- uh, at Soldier Field. Uh, I feel like they're going to win. Um, I would take them by the spread if Justin Fields does play. Otherwise, I'm going to go with Jake on uh, the in the Bengals there. All right, so we got uh, Texans at Browns. Uh, Cleveland is um, is picked by is favored by twelve and a half. I feel like we all want to just. I don't know if anyone has the Texans here. No, and if no. you do, I would be willing to. I would be willing to hear your your points. No. I got the Browns. Yeah, I, got the Browns. I think we're all going Browns on this. Bra- one. Browns are easy. I don't. I'm not going to take them by the spread. I'm not going to give them twelve and a half. But with the way that the Browns played against the Chiefs, they were just one drive away again from beating the Chiefs. They just can't get over that hump. But they have a much easier opponent in the Texans this week. And I think with that defense, Miles Garrett off the edge, all the new additions they brought in, Greg Newsom in the secondary, I I can't see the Browns losing this game in the dog pound. 
but I will not give them the spread. Give me the Browns with the spread plus. I think Ooh. they just poured on the Texans. Um, really? Their defensive line is, is really solid. They have good, they have a good front seven. They have good linemen, good linebackers. They got some pretty good uh, players in the secondary. I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to be able to do what he did against us to them. Give me the Browns by the spread plus. Interesting, interesting. All right, boys, the next game is Rams at Colts. The Rams with the line favored at uh, by four points. Give it to me, Jake. I want to hear it. I want to hear what you guys <laughs> say on this one. For the Rams-Colts game, I got the Rams. And, I mean, the Colts kind of looked like shit against Seahawks. Not going to lie. Their secondary, Russell torched them. He threw for, like, 280-something and four touchdowns. Like, you think you're going to perform any better against Matt Stafford? No. Yeah, I mean, they, they underperformed, and their starting quarterback in Wentz was playing, which I was not expecting to happen in any of the first four weeks of the season. So the fact that they looked still terrible with everyone there it did not give me any confidence in the Colts whatsoever. As a biased Jags fan, I would like them to continue on that trend. Um, hopefully we don't as well, because it seems like we're going that way right now. But I'm taking the Rams with the four-point spread. I mean, that offense, Cooper Cup, all those weapons, Matt Stafford, a solid O-line. Then you look at that defense, Ramsey in the secondary. You got Aaron Donald on the D-line. I mean, you have two guys in the 99 club in Madden on your defense. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm taking the Rams by the spread. This is an easy one. Which is why I always pick the Rams and Rams the defense in fantasy. Uh, we are going to the next game. It's Bills at Dolphins. This one's kind of sneaky for me. Buffalo favored by three and a half. Let's hear it. This one is a sneaky one. The Bills majorly underperformed against the Steelers. They did not look like themselves as they did last season in the playoffs at all. I didn't like what I saw from the Bills. But they have the coaching in McDermott, and they have the players on the field to come back out and execute in week two. I think it was just one of those week one, you know, you got to get everything in order kind of games. I think they're a little too high on themselves just with the team that they have coming in. I'm going to take the Bills by the spread in Miami. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I'm taking the Bills by the spread. I think – uh, I think they underperformed as well last week against the Steelers. Um, they were outscored by 20 in the second half. Um, I think they have a good bounce back week. I think they beat the Dolphins, and I think they kind of beat up on them a little bit. And Peyton, you sound very intrigued by this matchup. I want to see who you pick because I feel like it might be different from what we have to say. I I am actually going Bills on this one. Um, I'm going Bills. I feel like it's going to be a revenge game. Not a revenge game, excuse me. Uh, bounce back game, uh, rather, uh, for Josh Allen. Um, he didn't perform as well as I thought he was going to, and I feel like when everybody thought he was going to, I feel like he's going to want to you know, show everybody why he's getting paid all that money. Uh, I, I'm going Bills. I'm going Bills. Probably by – I'll go by a touchdown. Go Bills by a touchdown. All right. And we're going Pats at the Jets. New England favored by five and a half. I think the Pats get their first win here. Um, I don't know about the spread. I mean, the Jets, the Jets played a good defense. I, I, 
I've been telling you this, Peyton. I think y'all's defense is really good. Yeah. With with Burns coming off the edge, J.C. Horn back there, uh, Shaq Thompson's a really good linebacker. Um, I just don't think that the Jets are ready to win yet. I wasn't. I still wasn't impressed by Mac Jones. Like these out, everyone's all about the Alabama quarterbacks, and I, none of them have impressed me yet. So, I mean, with that being said, give me the Pats by the spread. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are just one of those teams where the the Jets are gonna jet. They're they're so consistently bad over the years that they can be turned into a verb for losing. <laughs> So I don't I think they're too young. Zach Wilson is one of those guys where he's gonna have to prove it to me, much like many other quarterbacks that come out. I don't have full confidence in him just yet, but I think they could work into the season and play better against their you know, the second half of their season and their opponents. But the Patriots, they just they have the coaching. They have a solid roster, aging a little bit, but I think they have a solid roster. Mac Jones builds on his game last week, which wasn't fantastic, but he he played decent. I think the Pats come out here and cover the spread. All right, all right, um, all right. We're moving on to the next game. This one, this one could be this one could be really good. Uh, 49ers at Eagles, San Francisco with the line favored at three and a half. Um, I'm going to go Niners by the spread. I think their defense is just too much for the Eagles, even though they did look good against Atlanta, who is not good. Um, yeah, give me the Niners by the spread. Niners last season. Crazy, crazy injury bug hit them. They go six and ten a year after going to the Super Bowl and losing by just you know it was it was close. We'll we'll leave it at that there. The Eagles played a great game, but they didn't play a great defense. Now they have to deal with a great defense. I know they're at home at the link. The line's only three and a half, I think is very generous to the Eagles. Because the 49ers are going to get – I think I think they're going to win by 10-plus in this game. Their defense is going to be too much. As long as the 49ers don't turn the ball over and Jimmy G has a, a half-decent game and doesn't blow it for them, he doesn't have to win it for them. Just don't blow it. They're going to win this game easy. I don't, I don't see any issues, you know, caused by the Eagles for the 49ers in this one. All right, all right. Uh, Raiders and Steelers, Pittsburgh. Raiders at Steelers. Pittsburgh has the line five and a half. This is an interesting one. This is this could be a game. Old school seventies matchup. Old Raiders Steelers <laughs> been around for a while. Both one and zero. Steelers are at home. But what I saw from the Raiders against the Ravens on Monday night, I'm I'm taking the Raiders. I think I think they could be a solid team this season with yes, a improved defense. Gruden, I have absolutely no faith in. He is very sketchy. He actually has when they hired him in Oakland the second time on this contract, he actually had more losses than wins. So the fact that he's been a very mediocre, inconsistent coach 
does worry me. But the fact that the team went out there and played very well against a high-power Ravens offense in primetime, I think they're going to come in here and sneaky beat the Steelers by – I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say it'll be like a 27-24 kind of game. It'll be close, but I think they squeak this one out. This actually happens to be <clears throat> my NFL game of the week. Um, I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to come down to like two or three points. Um, I think both teams go out and play very well after what I saw this Sunday, but I'm going with the Raiders here. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Raiders. The Raiders just looked really impressive. Derek Carr looked really well. Uh, he looked really good. Um, their defense looks looks really good uh, with Denzel Perryman on there. It, it pains me to see that because he he couldn't he couldn't work out for us. Um, unfortunately, and uh, he looked really good. He he really did last night. Um, but yeah, give me Raiders by give me Raiders by a touchdown. Um, let's go to the my my boys, the Saints at the Panthers. New Orleans has the line three and a half. What are we thinking, boys? I'm curious to hear. Um, I got some stuff on this one too. <laughs> I like the Saints. I like the Saints by the spread I don't only, be- only because of how good Carolina's defense is. Now, for me in this one, this is actually my game of the week. Really? Really? It's a very, okay. a very, <laughs> really? It's a very okay. interesting matchup. I am okay. very intrigued by this one. I, I know you're surprised because your team's involved. Um, <laughs> wow. But – but with the Saints last week beating the Packers by 35, I think a lot of that contributed to the Packers' defense, which you guys definitely seem to have with Burns coming off the edge. You have Derek Brown in the middle. You have solid linebackers. J.C. Horn back there helping out the secondary. With an offense, Sam Darnold to Robbie Anderson connection could be one to watch out for this season. I think Robbie could get over a thousand yards and possibly ten touchdowns, especially previously playing together in New York. You have other weapons in DJ Moore. Obviously, you got CMC back there in the backfield with a decent O line. I sneaky think this could be a close game. I'm gonna take the Saints, but I'm not gonna take the three and a half spread. Yeah, I, this is like this for me, guys. Like this is. I mean, this game right here, this is one of those games. The Saints are obviously a good, well-rounded team. Uh, there's question marks regarding Jameis Winston, obviously, but he played he played his ass off uh, week one, and he, and he literally – he looked good, like we said. Um, now, I don't know what to expect. Like, like you say, like our defense, our defense really could be top ten. Who knows? They could finish the season top ten. You never know. Uh, they look really good. Um, and the, th- the one thing that I really wish they, they looked good in that first half against the Jets. I think Joe Brady and the play calling really kind of slowed us down in that second half of the game. He relied a lot, a lot more heavily on CMC, uh, which is what you would would kind of see in 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 the Rivera Panthers, right? They would just throw the ball, they shove it down CMC's throat. And I granted, dude, he, that man's one of the best players in the league, um, and you're gonna want to do that with a guy like him. Um, and I think Nick, you maybe mentioned it like last week. You were 
you were like, you know, you're going to – if if the whole offense is predicated around CMC and if you're the defense, you're literally going to be like, all right, we just got to stop CMC. But in Sam Darnold's case, he's always going to have CMC as that dump down, uh, that guy that he can look to. And you really did see that in that first game. There's a lot of weapons that he can use, uh, like a Robbie or a DJ. Um, and and I just don't think that in the second half they were really utilized as much as they could be or even that entire game. So I'm really excited to see maybe what Joe Brady can do in that second game. Hopefully the play calling's a little bit less CMC heavy. Still keep CMC, you know what I mean? Uh, but but let's, let's get the ball around a little bit more there. Um, let's go... Give me give me the Saints by a field goal, sadly. All right, next game, um, we're going Jags Broncos, and I'll start. I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this one quick and easy. (laughs) Jags have growing pains. Broncos looked pretty good against the Giants. I'm taking Broncos. You know, with the spread, even if even though it's in Jacksonville, Jags improve, but they don't win the game. So I'm taking the Broncos. I 100% agree with you there. I got the Broncos by the spread. <clears throat> Hopefully, we see some improvement from our fucking football team. And the spread, the spread is six. Um, I yeah, give me Broncos by the spread. I just think Teddy, you know, Trevor. I think Trevor's gonna play better. He's gonna take. I think he's gonna take that next step. But I just don't think it's gonna be enough this early in the season. Um, I agree with you guys. All right, we're going Vikings Cardinals. This one sneaky, maybe it's at Arizona. I think. I'm going Cardinals. Uh, Arizona's favored by four and a half. Yeah, this one, Cardinals look fantastic on offense and defense. They're at home. Vikings just lost to the Bengals, who may be improved, but still aren't a top-tier team when the Vikings should be with that roster. I'm taking Cardinals and the spread easy. Yeah, I got Cardinals on the spread. Um, I think the Vikings are, I don't know. Maybe they'll have a bounce-back win, but I got the Cardinals by the spread. All right, next game. Uh we've got Falcons and Bucks. Falcons at Bucks. Bucks 12 and a half favorites. Um I like the Bucks. I like yeah, the Bucks by the good. spread plus. Oh yeah, yep. Bucks by spread. Falcons, Falcons bad defense. Bucks bad good offense. I mean, I can sound like a caveman over here. Easy check <laughs> for me. <laughs> All right. I love it. Uh fast and easy. All right. Uh Cowboys and Chargers. This one I like a lot. LA three-point uh, three favorites. Very interesting matchup because the Cowboys did look good against the Bucks. Chargers are at home at SoFi. They are favored by three. I think Herbert continues where he left off at you know the end of last week in his rookie season. I think the Chargers win on the spread by three. Uh, Cowboys did look good, but I think the Chargers are just too much, especially at home for the Cowboys. This is going to shock y'all, seeming how much I hate the Cowboys, but I got the Cowboys by two or three points in this one. I don't, just, I don't blame you on that pick. I actually, really don't I, I actually don't either because I'm going Cowboys by three points. I am too. I think Dak looked really good, looked really solid. All right, boys, we're going to Titans at Seahawks. Seattle, five and a half favorites. Give me the Seahawks by the spread. I think Russ pops off again. I think that the Titans are going to are getting kind of like uh, animo- they're getting a little bit of animosity in the locker room with the whole Rabel Julio Jones thing. So I don't, I don't know how that's going to play out. But give me the Seahawks best spread. Russell Wilson always performs his best in the first six weeks of the season. I know that because I had him in fantasy last year and did not <laughs> win my league, but I did win the first six weeks of the year. So I'm taking Seahawks by the spread. 
I got to go with it. I think you cut out a little bit there, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going Hawks by a touchdown. All right, Chiefs at Ravens. KC favored by three and a half. Sunday night game. Um, is it at Baltimore or at Kansas City? At Baltimore. Not that it matters. Still going Chiefs anyway. Yeah, for me, this is a primetime matchup. Obviously, it's on Sunday night, but I think with the way that the Ravens looked and just the absolutely the demolition of their run game being just, you know, everyone's just getting injured left and right. Chiefs look extremely overpowered as usual. I'm going to take the Chiefs and the spread, even though the game is in Baltimore. Yep, give me the Chiefs and the spread, too. Patrick Mahomes is just too good. All right, our final pick Lions at Packers at Lambeau Field, Green Bay favored by 10 and a half. This one, I mean... Both teams are 0-1. Somehow the Packers are favored by 10.5, and, and it's got to be because the Lions are just awful. There, there's, <laughs> there, there's no way that that is because the Packers looked good as they scored the lowest points of the week last week. I am going to take the Packers. They're at home. I think Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the team bounce back against the Lions. It's a good bounce-back game for them playing a, a softball team here. I'm going to take Packers, but I'm not going to take the 10-and-a-half spread. I think it's going to be closer than we expect, but the Packers do get the win. I think the, uh, the Packers are playing a Pop Warner team, basically. So, give me to the Packers with a spread plus. Go, Pack, go. I say, yeah, I say Packers by 10, for sure. For sure. Well, that just about wraps up all of our picks. I just want to thank you guys for sitting around, having another great conversation about some sports. Very interesting topics we had today. I want to thank everyone for listening and another great week. We're going to see you guys back here next week for week three talk of NFL action, week four talk of college football action, and much more. Thank you guys very much. Have a good night. Boy, you